You're listening to Dr. Aaliyah Fairchild, a director with the Constantia Institute, a think tank in Belgium looking at the role of technology in society and how the future of work processes will be changing. Hello, this is Dr. Leah Fairchild. Today's podcast is regarding play as a process, and this is the structure of non-work. Why did I title it this? Well, three things actually occurred to me uh, in the last day, and I wanted to encapsulate them together because it makes a lot of sense. The first one was an experience, an event. The second one was an article I read, and the third one was a conversation I had yesterday. Tied together, I had an aha moment about 6.10 on a Sunday morning this morning that kind of put the whole thing in perspective. Let me start with the event. Now, as some of you know, I do sport competitively, and I do Olympic weightlifting, I do saber fencing, and both of the places that I actually do this are located in a uh, sports facility in uh, the suburban area of Brussels. I don't tend to go there on a Saturday morning partly because there are so many different sports there that there is no parking and you have to park a significant distance from the facility. And the reason why, fundamentally, and I noticed this uh, yesterday morning when I went, is there are so many people coming with small children, with uh, buggies for the babies, etc., and lots of equipment, so there's no places nearby. That led me to a very interesting thought. In my weightlifting club, most of us are in our 20s, 30s, and my case, older. Uh, But most of the sports you see on a Saturday morning at the sports park, swimming, karate, football, tennis. uh, My fencing club was having a a national competition with 150 very young folks. Um, You don't see adults doing sport. What you see is children doing sport. And children do sport structurally, as a function of engagement and fun. And their days are constructed in such a way that they have different structured elements like mealtime, nap time, sports, fun, recess, school, dinner, homework. And this is the whole structure most of us grew up on. Uh, We we did things at certain hours in certain ways. Saturday had sports, Sunday had family time, and we lived reasonably structured lives through about 18 or 19, and then you ended up going on potentially to further education, and that was a different set of structured lives, and then you moved into the workforce, and that was a different set of structured lives as well with commuting, etc. But the actual structured fun element, so to speak, kind of moved out of your life when you left higher education. I mean, you did have fun on the weekends with friends or the evenings, but it wasn't structured like it used to be in the educational system where you had certain time where you had to go and do something that was non-work. So we have had reasonably structured lives. And the challenge with this is that we were looking for certain kinds of balances in this in this structure. And not only has the work-life balance changed, but during the pandemic, the work balance changed because all of a sudden now we were working in places where we didn't work before. Whether it be our kitchen, 
our living room, our bedroom, on a beach, on a on a porch, uh, in an Airstream camper. Uh, lots of things that took up space where space was actually allocated for something else at that moment. So the process of sleeping or dining or using our backyard all of a sudden was invaded by something called work. That's one thing that occurred to me. The second thing occurred to me, I was looking at a paper by Gensler, uh, looking at the state of workspaces in Canada. Really interesting article just came out a couple of days ago. And the interesting thing, if you get a chance to get your hands on it, um, at the back of it in page six, they have a graphic where they asked office workers what sort of mix would be best describe the ideal work environment for their company. And there are eight elements here. And one that reached out to me as a girl geek is these folks wanted a creative lab. They wanted a tech-enabled space to experiment and explore. And in education, in higher education, you see these. These are maker areas. These are creator areas. These are places where you can go and do 3D printing or you can do uh, pottery, that you can put your hands onto something and make something. And I thought, gee, you know, most workspaces I've worked in in the last 15 years don't have these. We may have a clubhouse space for connectivity, something that's coffee shop-like, uh, a conference facility, a library area, a corporate facility. These are some of the other experiential areas they mention. But we don't have a lab. We don't have a place like you used to have in chemistry class where you could blow things up, where I could actually experiment and play and build and create and, and flex that muscle, per se. So I'm looking at what kind of workplace do I want in the future, personally. And the question they were asking in this paper also was generational. If your company or organization provided an ideal workspace, or ideal work experience mix, would you be willing to come back into the office? And most of the younger generations would come into the office more frequently if that work experience mix existed. So ah, that's another really interesting point. The third thing that happened to me yesterday is I have a conversation uh, with my good buddy, Angel Shannon. You can follow her podcasts. And we were talking about the fact that people felt work invaded their lives during the pandemic. And now that they have choices to be someplace else or have hybrid working, a lot of people are losing their stuff. Let's be nice about certain terms. Because... Now work is so integrated into their lives, they cannot disintegrate it. Um, it is still such an element on how they spend their day, they structurally can't decompartmentalize. I know a lot of folks who are spending more time doing long walks, or painting, or cooking, or actively doing something else to disengage from the process called work. You put those three together, and what's missing for us is not only the concept of corporate play or the ability to just sit and engage with people and build relationship equity so you can work as a team. There is no space to do this. This is not about a happy hour or a 
a cocktail hour. This is a matter of playing with different ideas, kicking things around without the possibility of, well, a performance issue. So I don't equate this with work. Um, the concept of work as an experience is a very intriguing one. And Gensler's actually just hired, I'm just going to look at the, going to quote this properly. Um, they've hired the former head of Disney's Imagineering to join Gensler, and his title will be Global Immersive Experience Design Leader, a gentleman named Bob Weiss. And they're looking really at leading the creation of experiential design and work as an experience, or work as a place to go um, on purpose that I want to go to work. I would want to go to Disneyland or I'd want to go to a restaurant. I choose to actually go to work for the experience of being at work. So for creating that ambiance, that awe moment that I want to be there. So combined, all of this sort of hit me at 10 after 6 this morning when I woke up, that part of the reason a lot of us are going hybrid or going digital nomad is we are looking for the experience component of work as an experience. We're not getting that play as a process at the workspace. So we're taking ourselves to someplace else so we can actually have that play element. And looking at my own way of working, I was pretty, well, concerned, um, because a lot of people I know have been actively seeking other employment at this moment in time because it's not necessarily just burnt out, but it's the environment I have is not creating an experience for me. I'm not engaging. I'm not innovating. I'm not creating. I'm not making. I am feeling drained. My energy is feeling drained. I am not being refreshed. So if I take these different elements together and I look at the workspace as we work in, What's missing is that sense of play as a process. Uh, I was I organized this last week for some of my colleagues, something I called a someone happy hour, uh, where we just got together, beverage and food, drink of choice, at a particular hour of the day, and just reconnected. There was no action. It wasn't even a happy hour where everyone bring drinks or we're going to do some sort of activity together. We just reconnected, uh, reestablished relationship equity, got together and just saw each other. Uh, we are in different facilities. We don't get a chance to re-engage. And there was a nice ambiance that we're going to continue every two weeks to try to reconnect ourselves as a group that we can be innovative, that we can play, that we can actually have something that is not work, that's a structural environment for all of us. So the reason I decided to record this podcast today is really around what Gensler's doing and what a number of other organizations are doing is trying to create spaces that are not just head-down work or collaborative or coffee shop, but maker spaces, creative spaces, where we can actually flex our creative muscles without penalty on our performance to engage with new ideas and try to be innovative. And I'm thinking in terms of design, uh, this is a real step forward to get the people to want to physically come back and share a space that is not necessarily only about work.
Okay, well, this is Dr. Aaliyah Fairchild. Thanks for listening.